<laughs> okay, now I'm ready. Um, how how would you describe Niffer to someone who does not know her? Oh man, Niffer is wonderfully complex. Um, she is one of the most passionate people I know. She's incredibly driven, fearless, incredibly caring and thoughtful. But also, she's a person that if you want stuff done, you call her. So she's kind of a, yeah, she's a passionate, fearless woman of faith, I would say. That's awesome. And super fun. My name is Ngofen Putubwele, and you're listening to The Power Is Out, Portraits of Broken, Hopeful People. So today's story comes from my friend Niffer. We crossed paths in Indiana when we were students at Ball State University back in the mid-2000s. Uh, my, one of my most uh, reticent memories um, is of sitting in the atrium with you, and I don't even remember who the other people were, but when we formed our Facebook group, Forget Osama, vote Obama. <laughs> Oh man, that was that was prescient. That was that, so, that was that was really progressive. Yeah, I know, especially like <laughs> Central Indiana, like 2006-ish, whatever it was. I know. <laughs> oh, college. Uh, Niffer and I had many laughs back then, along with our group of friends. Um, but it'd been a while since we'd really caught up, um, so we did that recently and kind of stumbled into this deep conversation that centered around a pretty significant moment in Niffer's life. I was in college, um, and I got, like, someone came to my history class. The professor was up lecturing, and I, like, saw out of the corner of my eye someone come up to the window, and it was Uh my uh, hall director. And they, like, opened the door, the professor went over and talked to them quietly, and then they said... Uh, Jennifer, you have to go now. And mm-hmm. I got my things and I went to the hallway and I'm pretty sure it was a hall director. Mm-hmm. Said, like, I got a phone call from your grandmother. Like, your mom passed away. It was like, I knew it was coming. We, like, decided to take her off of life support. So it wasn't like a total uh-huh. shock, but it still was like, you know, that moment. My my mom had a neurological disorder. Um and it really shaped a lot of my upbringing because she wasn't really able to care for us well. And um, she just like made some decisions because of her illness that put my brother and I in situations that weren't good for us. And one of those was dating a guy for a few years that Niffer just calls bad news. I don't know that there was any like criminal activity going around, but definitely there was like a lot of exposure to things like drugs and... And at an age where we're all pretty impressionable, this man just often left Niffer hanging. I have vivid memories of like um, waiting. There was like a front room in our house and like I'd wait by the in the front room because we're supposed to go. And like, even my brother would be like, I mean, he may or may not come, like, don't worry about it. Everyone was so like casual about it. And then I'd like sit outside in the front yard and like wait. And then I'd like kind of like do balance beam on the curb, you know, like, like, Mm -hmm. oh, and then I'd like wait down the street, like by the stop sign, you know, just like. Just waiting for him to show up. In anticipation. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just like, well, he said he was going to come. And yeah, so you just sort of learn that the only person you can really count on is yourself. And I think I've taught people, like, if something's important to me, I'll make it happen. Because I don't want to be disappointed by people not showing up. Uh, I was in uh, Brayton Clevenger, and I think I was on the eighth floor when you came off the elevator, go straight down the hall, and I was on the left, my room. Just like a little, you know, standard dorm room with two twin beds and two old dressers and desks. <laughs> so I, I don't know, like, a lot how I felt. Like, I didn't want to go home, like, to, in, to Decatur, where my gram was. That felt like I don't know what I would do there. So I, I stayed at Ball State. But it felt like I just needed to do things and not just sit around. And, yeah, just, like, immediately, like, they were in my dorm room. I don't even know, like, if I called them. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. But, like, Heather Harris was there. And Bridget was there. Um, my friend Laura. Like, just people, like, they just stopped what they were doing and were there. There was no expectation for me to do anything. People just, like, showed up. I think it might be one of the only times that I can't remember asking people to help me and they just did. We were all like in our late teens, early 20s and like these people because they cared about me, like they were dragged into this thing that was so hard. Like they knew enough they knew enough about what was going on to know to come in and help me and be there. I have no idea what it's like to lose a parent, but I resonate so much with how affecting it is to have people just on their own step into your life when you just can't anymore. I still remember vividly Andrew breaking down and crying with me when I lost a fraternity brother to suicide 10 years ago. He didn't even know the guy, but Andrew cried because I cried and he knew me. Or Nathan making a five hour road trip to stay with me for a few days when I just wanted to give up completely on law school. Or even just more simply, coming into my apartment after a long night at the office and hearing Daniel and Bethany call from their upstairs apartment, hey, we made you dinner, come get it. In different ways, those moments are all so affecting, but yet. I probably don't live my life in a way that that's super possible for people to do now. I set my life up in a way that's like, I'm really busy, I've got lots of friends in lots of different places, and I always like to have like five groups that I could kind of drop into, but I'm not really a part of any of them. Mm-hmm. And it's all that like fear of, I think it's fear of being known and then not wanted. Like, what if it's true that I really like 
there isn't a group for me? What if there are no such thing as my kind of people? Man, uh, yeah, I think a lot of us, like, that's all we really want. Yeah. It's just to be a part of a community and be loved without having to, like, prove why we should be there. Mm-hmm. She's one of the women who was with Niffer in the dorm that day when Niffer's mom died. They're still friends to this day, and I wondered how Bridget would respond to Niffer's question, Niffer's fear of what if there's not a place where you can call home. Niffer is one of the most passionate people I know. She's incredibly driven, fearless, incredibly caring and thoughtful. Yeah, she's a passionate, fearless woman of faith, I would say. Yeah. I don't know if she really realizes it's like people really want you. People really want you in their lives and they're not in like, uh, if no one else can, then I will. But like uh, people want opportunities to invite her in. I think she's been invited into so many homes to be a part of the family. And I think it may feel like it's just a an add-on, um, but I think... Um, the more you give them opportunities to show that, the more you see people really genuinely want community. They with you, they enjoy you and value you, and um, you add exponentially to people's lives. Just not just with all the great fun things that you bring, but also with the hardships that you bring as well. That there is great depth and richness and in, in fellowship with you as a person. So that's probably what I would say. People love you, want to be around you. to catch up I mean I didn't hear that much about what's happening in your life but like man it's been a thousand years thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Power Is Out it's back 
Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you thought of the story. Feel free to send me an email, ngofen at thepowersatpodcast.com, or just message me on Facebook or Instagram at ngofen, N-G-O-F-E-E-N. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Please leave your message. My name is Mike Sants, and I'm calling from St. Louis, Missouri. The Power Is Out is produced by Engo Fenn and Putewele. Music this episode by Blue Dot Sessions and, of course, Frederick Chopin. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review in the iTunes store. See you next episode.